Welcome to the Rural Woman Podcast, a platform for women in agriculture, ranching, homesteading, and more to share their stories. I'm your host, Caitlin Dubin. This episode of the Rural Woman Podcast contains discussion of mental health, mental illness, and discussion of suicide. These themes may be upsetting to some listeners. If you or a loved one find yourself needing emotional support or are in crisis, please note the following resources and phone numbers. Crisis Service Canada, 1-833-456-4566, or send a text to 45645. The U.S. National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, one 800 273-8255 or text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741-741 to connect with a crisis counselor in either Canada or the U.S. All of these phone numbers and text lines, as well as other helpful resources, will be listed in today's show notes. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast. This week, you'll meet Katie Lyons. Katie grew up on a century farm in West Central Illinois, raising hogs, beef cattle, and growing row crops. Highly active in 4-H, this passion for agriculture eventually pushed her to pursue a career within the industry. After graduating from the University of Illinois Animal Science Program, she has worked within some of the most influential agricultural companies, including Cargill, Monsanto, and now Bayer Crop Sciences. Katie's passion continues to help American agriculture feed the world. With her husband, John, Katie is raising two boys, Jack and Aiden, who are very active in 4-H and love all things farming, the outdoors, and dream of carrying on in some way in the family farm tradition. It is not money, but the love that pushes a farmer to pursue this vocation. Love that walks hand in hand with loss, heartache, and sometimes depression. Feeding the world is stressful. Even the strongest souls are not immune to its strain. After losing her father to suicide in 2013, Katie has combined her passion and her loss into a mission, advocating for mental health on the farm. Katie is working to spread information on depression, anxiety, and suicide in hopes of helping others seek the support they need before another family shares her loss. I am very honored today to be sharing Katie's story to wrap up September, which is Suicide Awareness and Prevention Month. You may hear some similarities from Katie's story as with Liz Hulsizer's story from last week's episode as Katie's father, David, is Liz's father-in-law, which makes these two wonderful women sister-in-laws. I want to take a moment to thank both of them again for sharing their story of loss and being so vulnerable with all of us. So we are at the end of September and the end of our series of suicide awareness and prevention here on the Rural Woman podcast. I want to say just because it's the end of this series on the show doesn't mean we stop talking about mental illness and the importance of mental health. We have heard from so many incredible women this month who were vulnerable in talking about the terrible loss and the suffering that they have faced they were brave in sharing their stories in hopes that not one more family will have to experience what they have gone through. If you guys haven't already done so, please take a look at the show notes from this past month, including today with Katie, for mental health resources that have been mentioned throughout the month, as well as many more. I want to take a moment now to thank you, the listener, for taking the time to hear these conversations. 
though they may be hard to listen to, I truly believe that they are necessary to keep the conversations about mental illness and suicide from being one that's not spoken about and that is shameful to being conversations of strength and resilience that I think every single one of us in agriculture and beyond needs to have. So without further ado, my friends, let's get to Katie's episode. Hi, Katie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for joining me on the Rural Woman podcast today. Absolutely. I am excited to get to know more about you and share your story. So for the listeners who are unfamiliar with you, give us a description of who you are, where you're from, and how you got your start in agriculture. Okay. So my name is Katie Lyons. Uh, I grew up on a farm in West Central Illinois. Uh, After high school, I went to college at the University of Illinois, where I studied animal sciences. And that has taken me into a 15-year career in agriculture. I started out my ag career with Cargill. And uh, most recently, four years ago, moved to, well, it was Monsanto and now Bear Crop Sciences, where I worked for the Bear Seed Company. Very cool. And when you were growing up on your farm, did you think that it was going to be the life for you in agriculture actively on the farm? Or did you know that you wanted to do something off of the farm? You know, growing up, I didn't really see myself coming back to the farm, mostly because, you know, we didn't have a lot of future opportunity to expand at the time. And I knew my brother wanted to farm. So I saw myself going out and doing something else in agriculture. I always knew I wanted to be in agriculture, but I didn't expect that I would be coming back to the farm and actually being part of the operation, the day-to-day. Yeah, for sure. So tell us more about the different roles that you've had in the egg industry. I'm always super interested to know more about women in the business roles versus the on the farm or on the ranch roles. Yeah. So my junior year of college, we went on a spring break trip that was sponsored by Cargill. And we got to tour some different spots within the Midwest that were either Cargill operations or re, uh, customers of Cargill. And we actually went to Cargill's headquarters during that trip as well in Minneapolis. And that was when I became super interested in working for Cargill. And that's kind of how I fed myself into a career there. I'm doing nothing with my degree, but that's not important for the work that I'm doing. All of my roles have been in finance or accounting. So my roles at Cargill started out as just kind of a base accountant. And then I worked into an accounting manager role and was a regional controller at the time that I decided to move to there. And now at Bear, I'm a financial analyst focused on looking at different aspects of our business. So when I started at Bear, I was working with our Delta Pine cotton brand and some of our specialty crops. Uh, and now I'm going to broaden that role and I'm working more closely with our DeKalb corn, Azure soybean, and Delta Pine cotton business in a marketing capacity that's related to finance. That is very cool. And it's funny that you say that you're not doing anything that your degree is with. I say that quite often to my parents. I always say I went to school for business and I ended up being a farmer. So really <laughs> there was, <laughs> I always say to my dad, I'm like, I bet you're so happy you paid for college. <laughs> for me to be <laughs> driving a tractor. but <laughs> Yeah, I think it all works out in the end. It's all related, just how you, you make it all fit together. Absolutely, for sure. So Katie, September is Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month, which we are focusing here on the Rural Woman podcast. Can you tell us how this topic relates to you and your family? 
So uh, seven years ago, almost seven years ago, our family was touched by suicide. My father decided to take his life in October of 2013 after a long journey of treated mental illness and finally just couldn't handle it anymore and decided that was going to be the end of the road for him. First of all, I just want to say that I'm very sorry for the loss of your father, David. It is absolutely heartbreaking for anyone to lose anyone, but I feel as though to lose your father and such a big, important role in your life is very hard. So first, I just want to say I'm very sorry. For that. And second, thank you for being open and willing to come on the podcast and share your story. I've said this many times, and I think that us sharing these stories are so important in driving forward in mental health and agriculture and making less of a stigma of mental illness and promoting mental wellness. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, I decided to go after I had worked through the healing process of losing him that it was too important not to talk about it. And for a while, I think we all kind of felt, you know, shamed, if you will. I don't know if that's the right word, but that's truly kind of how you feel when you're going through the circumstance of the situation. And then finally, you get to this realization that, you know, this is never going to get better if we just keep this to ourselves and pretend like it didn't happen. So that was when I decided that I needed to start talking about it and participating in events that were bringing awareness to the situation and, and that mental illness is real. Um, and we do need to get help when it's more than we can handle. Absolutely. So prior to the loss of your father, was mental health a topic of conversation that was had in your family or in the egg community that you were a part of? Well, it definitely was a conversation within our family. I mean, we tried numerous times to push him to get help. We asked him, you know, seek therapy, whatever it needed to be done to help him. And he just kept refusing and saying that, you know, he didn't have a problem that needed to be dealt with. And so we were having the conversation, and I think part of the reason why he never actually sought help was the world around us didn't really look at it the same way, whether that was the farming community or just the world in general. Most people don't want to admit that mental illness is real and that they need to get it treated, and it just kept evolving into a situation that he couldn't get it around and eventually, you know, he, he took his Yes. Yeah, for sure. So, Katie, in your opinion... Why do you think mental health can be such a taboo topic, and especially in agriculture? Well, in overall society, I think it stems back to the way we treated people, you know, 50, 60, 70 years ago. I mean, we used to put people in institutions when there were things that they couldn't quite handle. And mental health, I think that's when the stigma really started, was when we did some of that. I think in agriculture, it's a little bit different. I mean, I think one of the issues with agriculture is the fact that there's no disconnection between your work life and your life life when you're in agriculture, if you're a farmer. You pretty much live, breathe, eat. I mean, it's, it's you're 24-7, and there's no really getting away from it. You know, a lot of people, like in my job, I go to work, and I come home, and I'm disconnected from my work. Not so much with COVID, but normally that would be the circumstances. But with farming, you never get to turn it off. It's always there. It's always part of your life. Whether that's, you know, working 12, 15 hour days or, you know, needing to go check on something at nine o'clock at night, it never ends and it's always going. And I think that makes it really hard. And pride piece too. I think farmers and those in agriculture are very proud people. And because 
of those roots that, you know, that's their job, that's their livelihood, that's their life. It's all that one big picture. And I think the parade is, it makes it challenging for folks in agriculture to get help. Absolutely. And I think with the pride comes with the legacy that you have on your family farm, right? Like if you are the fifth or fourth or even second generation of farming, I feel like it's just that added pressure on top of you thinking that you have to keep this going. Even if your business isn't viable anymore, you still have that added pressure that if my grandfather, my father did this before me, I should be able to do that. And that's not the case in 2020 for a lot of people. And I just, Mm -hmm. that added pressure on top of somebody is just a lot to handle. Yeah, absolutely. So since the death of your father, do you believe that the mental health conversation has changed in your family or has broadened in your agricultural community? Uh, Yeah, I think so in both cases. I mean, obviously, you know, within my family, we were pretty scarred from what happened. And so we're all seeking assistance in different ways to make sure that we work through this and that we can continue to live and keep moving forward. I have two children. I absolutely want to make sure that I'm here for them and they don't have to go through something like I've been through. I mean, it was already bad enough that they lost their grandfather, although they were pretty young when he died. But I don't want them to have to experience something like that again. So definitely getting help there. And I definitely see much more support coming from the ag community. I mean, you know, everybody from Sonny Perdue to Zippy Duvall are getting involved in this conversation and it's absolutely necessary. And I'm glad to see it happening at all levels of agriculture, whether that's at the local level happening within local farm bureaus or at the national level that we're seeing in the U.S. For sure. And I think For me personally, I came from outside of the agriculture industry and I married into it. And just from the short time that I've been in this industry, I have seen such a growth of the number of companies and organizations that are behind mental health awareness and supporting our farmers and our ranchers and the people in the egg industry. So it's really I'm happy to see it. I still think there's a lot more work that needs to be done, but just having a conversation with another person, whether it's on a podcast or whether it's in your direct local community, I think is so important for us to continue to push this forward and continue these conversations. Totally agree. So what do you think were some of the most helpful resources for you after the passing of your father that you used then and that you continue to use now? Or are there any websites, books, or anything that you found super helpful? Yeah, I think the main thing that helped me directly after his passing was finding a support network. And I had so many people reach out, people at work, people close in my friend circle, family members that were very supportive. And that I couldn't thank them enough for everything that they did for me right after he passed. And my work too, I mean, they were amazing about you know, that I needed off and things of that nature. So that was very helpful. And I think you know, that's part of the journey. I think people need to realize that when something like this happens, you need that time and you need to give yourself that time. And it's hard, especially with the busy lives that most of us lead. But I think it's absolutely necessary as you figure out what your new normal looks like when this happens. As far as you know, resources that I've used. There's a few different websites or I guess faces that I follow. The Depression Project is one. I think they put out some really great material on a regular basis. Probably the one that I look at most frequently. 
I've also joined some um, suicide Facebook pages as well for other people that are going through this. And sometimes it's just nice to know you're not alone and get some resources that way as well. Absolutely. And I think the biggest thing for people dealing with mental health or mental illness and suicide is to know that they are not alone in this struggle that they're facing and to know that there is a community of people out there that have gone through something similar. I know for the biggest help is knowing that I'm not alone in my struggles with anxiety or depression and that there are people out there that want to help you and that they want to have you share your story. So Katie, what do you hope for in the future when it comes to mental health and agriculture? I just hope we continue the discussion. I don't want to see us stop talking about it. I think as soon as we stop talking about it, that's when more things creep up and will start to do things they don't really want to do, but they don't feel like they have another choice. And so as long as we're talking about it and giving people hope, giving people resources, giving people outlets, whatever it is they need, I think that we pave a path for all of us to be stronger and better in the future. Absolutely. So we were connected, you and I connected through our friend Adrienne DeSutter, who was on an earlier episode this month. She let me know that you are doing some great work when it comes to mental health and agriculture. Can you share with the listeners any speaking that you've done on behalf of mental health and agriculture that you want to share with them? Yeah, so about a year ago, a little year ago, I did an interview with Tyne Morgan at the Fun Progress Show in Decatur, Illinois, and that was aired on her weekly TV show, The Farm Report. And so that was kind of my first experience with actually speaking, quote unquote, publicly about it. And then I also try and share things on my social media, mostly Facebook, to kind of keep the conversation going. And, you know, I have a lot of friends that aren't in agriculture or related to agriculture, and I also have a lot that are. But it's interesting to sponsors as I share things, too, because, again, a lot of us struggle with this at some degree. We just, it's hard to admit it sometimes, and it's hard to seek help. And so it helps when other people come out and say, hey, you know, I really like what you shared there. That really helped me. And I've had more people than I can count come up to me in person after they've read something I posted on Facebook and really mostly reposted and shared. But, you know, it feels so good for them to come up to me and be like, hey, that really made a difference to me. I appreciate them, you know, making those statements. and And I love that it's helping somebody. Absolutely. I think that it's funny that we can post something or repost something that maybe for some who've been talking about mental health for a while now, and we just feel comfortable posting it now. But there's people out there that are still scared to post things and still worried about being vulnerable when it comes to this. So for us, posting something kind of no, it's a bit easier, but it makes a difference to people. And I think that's great that people have reached out and they're sharing with you that what you're doing is helping them. Katie, are there any last thoughts that you would like to leave the listeners with today? Just don't be afraid to get the help you need. We're all in this journey called life together. And it is very important that for each of us that we take the time we need to make ourselves better and not overlook the fact that our mental health is just as important as our physical well-being. To me, taking care of yourself mentally is just more if you were to go to the doctor when you had 
cold or cancer or some other ailment that was more physical than mental. I think we all just need to realize that this is part of who we are as human beings and we need to take this seriously and take care of ourselves and take care of one another. If you see somebody suffering, help them um, and help them find the resources. They're out there. They're available. Sometimes you just have to look a little harder than, than others, but it's worth it. It's worth the you know, the time that it takes to, to figure out what's going to work for you. For sure. And is there anything that you want to say about your dad, David, to the listeners that you would like to leave them with some good memories that you have of him? Yeah, I think the, the best memories I have with him are in my earlier childhood when he was much happier and much more stable than he was in his later life before his passing. And I cherish what I have of that because that's all I've got left. And I was looking forward to the memories that he was going to make with my kids as a grandfather. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen. And so I'll I'll have to hold tight what I have of him from when I was younger and live the rest of my life with those memories. Absolutely. And those are the ones that you want to hang on to. And those are the ones you want to cherish and share with your kids too. For the listeners who would like to connect with you, where can they find you online? Uh, they can find me on Facebook or Instagram. My Facebook will just be under Katie Lyons, and my Instagram is k underscore lyons26. I don't post a lot of depression, anxiety, mental health issues on Instagram, but I definitely do on my Facebook page. So if anybody would like to uh, be along for the journey, just reach out. Awesome. And I will link both of those in the show notes so people can find you and connect with you. Sounds good. Thank you again so much for coming on the podcast today, Katie, and sharing your story. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Rural Woman Podcast. For show notes, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com. You can stay connected with me on Instagram at wildrosefarmer. If you love the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Plus, share it with a friend. We'll see you next time.